0: What makes a ghost story believable? We're three Northwestern undergrads on a journey to discover just that. Driving through the American Northeast, touring haunted sites, and uncovering the paranormal, this is Spirited.
1: and doors slamming.
2: Let's face it, they're not paper records, they're records of
0: people's existence. Table move, table move, table move. He's coming down the stairs and he looks over and there's a little girl ghost standing there. Alternative facts, alternative storylines. Concepts or events that some people take as truth, and others take as fantasy. This thread of thought has marked 2017 as a truly bizarre year in politics. And while some alternative theories might be used as a method of skirting responsibility, there are other situations in which the real version of events is up for debate. In such situations, every explanation is an alternative to an unknown reality. Okay, enough with the soft politics. What we're more concerned with this week is Stowe, Vermont, the next leg of our journey to decipher what makes a story believable. Specifically, we're exploring the story of a girl named Emily. While the internet tells us that she haunts a bridge in Stowe, it offers several different theories surrounding her death. We'll get to those shortly. Driving into Stowe, our team was astounded by the beauty of northern Vermont. About 40 minutes from Burlington, Stowe is a quaint ski town that thrives off the winter population influx. Surrounded by mountains, the town feels like a quiet escape. It's no wonder that people vacation here. But let's get back to the heart of why we came to Stowe, because it wasn't just for the views. No, it was for this bridge, a haunted bridge, colloquially named after the woman who killed herself on it, Emily Driving into Vermont, we knew one version of the story behind Emily's bridge, which I'll share with you now. Legend has it that in the 1920s, a young Emily was madly and deeply in love. The subject of her devotion asked for Emily's hand in marriage, but on their wedding day, he stood her up at the altar. She was heartbroken. Couldn't think straight. Couldn't understand her lover's actions. And so in a rage, Emily found herself standing on a bridge, and that's where she hung herself. And according to legend, that's where her spirit still rests. Her story's all over the place. Do a simple google search and you'll find loads of first-hand accounts attesting to the hauntedness of this bridge. There are YouTube videos of teens and adults investigating the bridge, whether by day or midnight. And there are also countless forum entries, a Facebook page, and even an official website. It seems like a lot of coverage for a non-commercialized haunted site. In other words, no one's getting paid. Anyone can visit the bridge at any time. There's just an exceptionally large online following. But as we rolled into Stowe, we learned that the story online is subject to a lot of dissent dissent not just over the legend's content, but its roots. So we sat down with a head of the Stowe Historical Society, Barbara Barra, who talked with us a bit more about the controversy over Emily's Bridge. Namely, that the story was fabricated by a local, a woman named Nancy. While Nancy claims to have crafted the story, Barbara isn't so sure.
2: I don't know how to put it. Because there's two basic theories about Emily Um, and I have a friend who says she and her mother-in-law made the story up
1: what do you think
2: and I'm going to tell you that I was told her story and I know I have known her since the early 1970s and I knew her mother-in-law and I have a feeling that the, that she took one of the things that she had heard in her youth and created this big story. Mm-hmm. I know other people who are just slightly younger than Hazel was, who believe the story as being true because it's supposedly a story that took place in the 1920s, and they say they and they were they grew up in the early 30s. So it's like they weren't that far removed from created story.
0: As you may hear in her voice, Barbara's not convinced that Nancy created the story. She thinks it might have been lore that got passed down and altered somewhere along the way. In fact, the story certainly was changed at some point because there are two distinct versions of the story itself. The first, as I already told you, involved Emily hanging herself at the now infamous bridge off Stow Hollow. But there's another version of the story, one that's a little less common.
2: And they also say that she jumped and didn't hang herself. Now on the bridge that you're going to see, the uh, bridge that we call Emily's Bridge, the only way she could have killed herself was to hang herself. Um, The fact that they say that she hung herself on the bridge, the current bridge, to me is less plausible because the mill was still running at the time. So there was a lot of activity in that area. It wasn't as remote as the other bridge.
0: This bridge that Barb was talking about, it's an entirely different bridge. Harder to get to, more secluded. This bridge, unlike the other, is high enough that jumping from it would most certainly mean death. So in the version of the story involving this other bridge, Emily did just that, jump. But as Barbara said, this bridge was damaged in a fire back in the 1930s. It still exists to some degree, but it definitely doesn't have the wow factor that the other story's bridge has.
2: There are other people in town who have told the story that Emily jumped from the bridge lower on the Goldbrook, closer to uh, Route 100, south of the village. And that bridge was a covered bridge. It burned in the early 1930s, and that Emily's spirit, ghost, um, migrated upstream because there was still the other um, covered bridge in the area. I. I'm not a proponent of the first story that I alluded to because there was a mill still actively um, working on either side of the bridge. And it just, to me, had too much going on around it for somebody who was that distraught to, to choose that bridge where the other bridge was
0: rather remote. From Barbara's standpoint, it's not super believable that Emily would have hung herself from a bridge that's right off a working mill, right where children and families and animals were running about. Someone would have likely stepped in. So that's why she reasons the second bridge, the one that got burned, is the place where Emily is more likely to have died. But that's not to say that Barbara is a non-believer in this first bridge, She tells us about a young man with a sixth sense who has felt something on the original bridge, the one known as Emily's Bridge.
2: Um, We've had a young boy who is psychic um, come and sit with us and then go spend time over there and he's recorded. He did feel the change of energy. I don't know whether he actually had verbal communication, but he felt
0: he had communicated with whatever this spirit was. We weren't able to contact this young man, but Barbara's testimony about him was intriguing. Online, as I'd mentioned, you can find YouTube videos of kids hanging out at the bridge at night. There are also usually low quality video effects circling supposed spirits caught on film. It's a huge phenomenon, but those videos aren't necessarily convincing. This boy is more intuitive, more trustworthy, according to Barbara. It seems likely that people would believe his testimony. So that's Barbara's perception of Emily's story, that it seems more likely she died by jumping off a lesser-known bridge, that her spirit could very realistically be floating around, forever unrestful, that a local named Nancy might have been the one to spread the story, but that it's more likely she resurrected it, perhaps adding details along the way. We were so eager to speak to Nancy, We wanted to get to the bottom of this. Did she really make up the story or was it all a lie? Or did she simply spread something that she heard or witnessed so that the event transcended into paranormal folklore? And so our team got to find out for ourselves. Sitting in a busy Stowe diner, coffee and pancakes flying by, we talked to Nancy about her side of the story. Now, please forgive the audio quality here. We are, after all, in a diner. But it was our goal to make Nancy comfortable, and she was comfortable in a booth at this diner where she knew all the employees and customers by name. Side note, Nancy's the kind of 60-year-old woman that I want to be. So warm and so excited by our team. She asked us how we got to Stowe and almost didn't believe us when we told her our story. But she was open, and so we asked her how the story of Emily's Bridge really began. She started by telling us about Stowe at the time, It was the 1970s, and she says there was an increase in witch culture and talk of spirits. She and her mother-in-law were catering to Nancy's children and their friends when Nancy says that she decided to tell the kids a story.
1: Somehow, it was a long afternoon, and we were just shooting the breeze, and and this witchery stuff all the way And I said to Hazel, my mother-in-law, Do you think we should tell them about Emily and the bridge? And Hazel picked up just she said, well, yeah, I think that they would that would be a good story for them to know. So we passed this growing story back and forth. And didn't think anything more about it. it. It emerged that Emily was... I don't even remember the whole story. Um, but she was jilted aboard the, the altar and she jumped off the bridge and killed herself. There was a lot of side stuff. Right. Well, lo and behold, the kids just loved it and the store people started showing up at the bridge kids at night to be in the, in the bridge at midnight, see if they could hear Emily or see Emily it just started going, creeping under doors, creeping through the windows and it became a big thing and it just cracked me up because it did, it went viral before there was a computer to send things viral.
0: What did you think at that time when it was going on? I thought
1: it was hilarious. I thought, this is how how rumors become facts. And and I've always thought it was very funny.
0: So that was it apparently. Nancy and her mother-in-law decided to scare their kids, and the story just caught on, an instant hit locally. Nancy might just be the original internet troll. The other camp, who believes Emily hanged herself from the lesser-known bridge, they seem to know so much about Nancy's side of the story, like they're rebutting it. We wanted to see if that was the same for Nancy. So we asked her what she knew about the theory that Emily jumped off a different bridge, the story that Barbara told us. What do you think of the... Uh... The other version of the story that has brought, sprung up about it actually happening at a different bridge and she hung herself. Or, excuse me, she jumped off the bridge. Um,
1: I had never heard, I had never heard the story. Um, and
0: maybe. Maybe, she said. Clearly, that version of events wasn't a major concern to her. And Nancy appeared more amused by the way her story had skyrocketed. And as the person who claims to have created it, Nancy doesn't believe the story of Emily. But that doesn't mean she doesn't believe in ghosts. So, do you personally believe in ghosts? Yes. You do? I do believe in ghosts. Why do you believe in ghosts?
1: Because... My, um... A good friend lived in the house where Michael's on the Hill restaurant now is, and the house had an. The house was alleged to be haunted. There was a a death there. Somebody in the family killed somebody else in the family. I don't quite remember. But she would see Cora. Cora was the name, and. I pooh-poohed it. Yeah, I just laughed at Kitty. Good story. But Kitty said she would see her in the bathroom mirror. She was washing her face, combing her hair, and Flora would come up behind her. And the house was was a good ghost house. (laughs) And. I spent a couple of nights there once, and I got up in the middle of the night, the bathroom was upstairs, and I started up the staircase, and all of a sudden, downstairs door slammed, and the upstairs door slammed, and I was in the staircase with horror.
0: So Nancy might not believe in Emily, despite having spread her story. But she does believe in ghosts and most notably she believes in the power of the human mind the ability to locate the thing you're most desperate for it's like learning a new vocab word you see this word and you truly understand it and suddenly that word is everywhere it's in every book it's in every article see we begin to notice the things we're desperate for For people searching for an answer to unexplained events, or people who want to believe in ghosts, maybe that desire is all they need. Maybe belief comes from the desire to believe. Those are the two tales of one city, Stowe. Two versions of the same story that locals choose to believe or not. A story that brings people to town and entertainment to residents. Leaving Stowe, we realize that it doesn't matter which side of the story is true. It doesn't matter that Nancy might have made it all up. What's more important is the way people here believe, the way people everywhere believe. Those who post on Emily's Bridge forums online, they all have a desire to believe or to prove people wrong. We think that speaks more to our research than the validity of Emily's Bridge ever could. And so we keep driving. The road has become our reality for now. The next stop is North Adams, Massachusetts, a haunted Freemasons' lodge. In a place built for brotherhood, we find tragedy, suicide, and turmoil. Next time on Spirited.